by the Toronto Vegetarian Association, aka the TVA. We come to you virtually from our homes and we are heard on CJRU 1280 AM. My name is Marnie and I'm a vegan and volunteer with the TVA. Our mission is to inspire people to choose a healthier, greener, and more compassionate lifestyle through plant-based eating. I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Barbie. Say hello, Barbie. Hello. And Steve. Hi. So the topic today is camping. Non-essential travel is still a no-go, and finding a cottage this summer is next to impossible. If you can, the prices are super high. But there's at least a couple of months of good camping weather left, so we've assembled our team of vegan camping enthusiasts to share tips, tricks, and recipes for a successful vegan camping trip. And we realize that even finding a camping spot at a provincial or national park is tough this summer. So we will have some tips about that at the end of the show as well. Before we get to the good stuff, the food, I thought we'd talk a bit about our setups because how you keep your food cold while camping and how you cook it determines what you can eat. So Barbie, tell us about your camping style. Sure, so um, I am just a simple car camper. I uh, have not ventured into the backcountry yet. Um, so yeah, so I have the ability usually when I'm going camping to bring quite a bit of equipment with me. So um, I will typically have like a, a Coleman stove, um, you know, a and then, you know, bring like a frying pan and bring, let's say like a, a stove top kettle kind of thing for making tea or hot chocolate or things like that. Um, so I do have that. Um, ability as a car camper I'm not sort of restricted in terms of weight and I can bring um, and uh, you know I'll bring a big cooler so again in terms of keeping stuff refrigerated I do typically just camp for two or three nights so yeah so even though I'm bringing a cooler I find that after like the second night the ice is all melted and stuff gets kind of mushy and gross so um so again I don't bring anything that has to be kept like super cold and frozen but I'll usually sort of keep like even like my fruit in the cooler and things like that. And some basic things that, you know, if they get a little warm, won't be too bad. Like, like, I don't think if a field roast sausage gets a little too warm, I'm going to die. But (laughs) so yeah, I do bring some, some lightly refrigerated things. Right. So it's all ice in the cooler. uh... Yeah. Or like ice packs. Yeah. Ice packs. Yeah. Okay. Steve, what about you? I travel by bicycle. Of course you do. <laughs> yes, of course I do. Uh, and I have a setup where I have, uh, in recent years, it's been seven bags on my bike plus a two-wheel trailer behind it. Okay. Unbelievable. Bags on your bike, like literally on the bike? Yeah. Or on the yeah. trail? Okay. No, and the trailer. And the trail, gotcha. So I'm carrying quite a load, but uh, as a vegan, I've sometimes been to small towns when there's the local produce, the local store has nothing. Well, some things aren't suitable to, for a vegan, but the ones that are are look at very unappetizing sometimes. Yeah. So in, you, in some stores, so in small town stores, I make sure I have something to fall back on. How, how do you keep your food cold? Uh, do you- I don't. I, I carry dried food and, uh, and and things like that. So it's uh, I'll get into describing what foods a little later. I think, but yeah, the part of the challenge is planning the trip so that I can manage without this and still some meals are pretty close to gourmet. 
<laughs> but, I, 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 I'll say too much yet. I can't. Uh, yeah, I'll get into that a bit later. But but it is a challenge to figure out just how to carry all this stuff. Uh, I'm also carrying clothing and bicycle parts and uh, and tools in case of emergency repairs. <laughs> you know? What's the farthest that you've uh, gone with that setup? Uh, with that setup, uh, two or three weeks. Oh my right. <laughs> different different place each night. So in terms of distance, okay. So you take a break, you you stop uh, place each night. I, I guess the longest I can no, I've gone that way Toronto to Halifax, once each direction. I've gone Calgary to Vancouver, Edmonton to Winnipeg. So much work. Jasper. Wow. Every okay. night put up a tent and take it down, up and down. Yep. <laughs> Wow. No, I was I was younger through some of this. This is all spread over the last forty years. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And the last the last five years or so, my distances have been more limited because I'm getting older and covering less ground per day, and uh, and that makes it more challenging to plan. But uh, and since COVID, I haven't gone anywhere camping. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, now I, I'm going to feel really pampered, and I've never, <laughs> I've never felt that way okay. before. Okay. Yeah. Out of the so we have a tiny little pop-up camper that's basically oh. just a, a bed on wheels. It has no bathroom. It has no kitchen. What yeah. it does have is um, solar. We put solar on the top. So that allows us to have enough electricity for a couple of lights, charge your cool. phone, and oh. a small uh, fridge, a very small Thanks. fridge. Wow. So, that means that I have to think a lot about what can fit in that fridge before we go. Plus, my boyfriend's always, always trying to put his gear in there. And I'm trying to put his gear in here. Last time when we tried to put a big thing of orange juice, I'm like, no, we're not putting orange juice in there. But we often have like an overflow cooler with ice for, for beer and orange juice. Yeah. But really, okay. it's the fridge that determines what I bring in terms of food and groceries. So with that said, um, we're going to take everybody through breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So who wants to start with breakfast? Steve, do you want to go with what you Yeah, okay. Camping or not, uh, my first course of breakfast for 45 years now has been miso soup. Uh, so I carry miso <laughs> with me. <laughs> some dried mushrooms on this trip where, where I use fresh mushrooms at home. And some dried seaweed, of course. And after that, two grains I carry are kasha and quinoa because both cook in 15 minutes. Brown so ri rice is out of the question. So even when you're biking, like, so I'm assuming then, so those things have to be heated. So do you bring no, like a stove? They're, usually, with they're usually cooked and incorporated into my dinner the night before. And I find some way of storing the leftovers overnight. Mm -hmm. one, but, over, one overnight for, for a cooked grain doesn't, it doesn't get too bad. Right, but how do you cook it even that night before? Like, so do you bring oh, a stove or something with you I, on your bike? Yes, I usually carry two one-burner stoves. Hmm, wow. <laughs> naphtha stoves with the type that have a little hose to them to, to a canister of the naphtha. Naphtha or white gas, also known as Coleman fuel. Mm -hmm. It works not very differently from a Coleman stove, except it's a one-burner, one so I carry two of them. Okay, Barbie, what's your breakfast? All right, um, well, I... Um, so I've got two sort of ranges here um, in terms of if you don't have a, a stove or anything and you want something that's ready to go. Um, I often will make, 
again, I'm only going on, you know, two max three night uh, trips. So I will make at home before leaving. I'll make a baked oatmeal. Um, I love baked oh. oatmeal. Um, if you haven't tried it, um, chocolate covered, a blog chocolate covered Katie. She's got some really good ones. My favorite is um, cookie dough baked oatmeal. So yeah, you bake it in like a bread, like in a loaf pan or an eight by eight, if you want to make a really big batch. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, it's ready to go. You just you have that ready to go. Um, or I'll just bring like bread and peanut butter, just a nice fresh loaf of bread and some peanut butter and spread that on. Um, and then I also like to always have fruit with breakfast. So something that I wanted to mention was that you guys probably have your own ideas of this as well. But again, there's like certain fruit that is like amenable to washing ahead of time and bringing and there's certain fruit that will get mushy. So even though it's summer, unfortunately, like I find like berries, like strawberries, raspberries are definitely like a no go. But I'll get things like cherries or grapes that you can again, like wash ahead and they won't get mushy. Or I revert back to like apples to bring because again, it's just and easier to transport. Yeah, bananas are great. Come with their own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course, uh, I you thought of that one. Yeah. But if you eat too many bananas, the mosquitoes love you. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for the tip. You know, years of camping, get great tip. Um, yeah, so as for me, we always do BLTs with, you know, eat steak in one day because that's my partner's favorite. And everybody else, I know some people love the smell of everybody else barbecuing and some people hate it. Uh, you know, we don't mind, not that I, I don't like it once I think about what it is, but you know, it is sort of tempting when you're out there. And so we like to have certain things that make us feel like we're camping just like everybody else. But other than that, last time I went out, I finally splurged and got some just egg patties, you know, the ones that Ooh. come preformed. Yeah. And I've been uh, delaying that because they're a little pricey, but in, when you're camping, um, convenience is huge and not having to do a big cleanup. I have done the whole tofu scramble before while camping, but then you get this pan. Uh, we have actually, I forgot to mention a, a Coleman, so a two burner mm -hmm. pan stove. You have to do all the cleanup and it's a pain. And um, so the dust egg, you put it on the pan, uh, two minutes, um, do you know, you, you um, toast your, your uh, English muffin or bread, whatever you choose mm -hmm. to use right on the pan. Um, get some uh, vegan cheese slices, tomato, and you're good to go. So um, Smart. I was really happy with how that turned out. I wasn't sure. So that's going to be my go-to camping breakfast from now on. That reminds me of like what Steve said earlier about like a gourmet camping breakfast. Yeah, just egg while camping. That's fun. <laughs> and you just reminded me of something else. Speaking of the stove, um, another thing that we like to do is on the first night when we're camping is to chop up and wrap a bunch of uh, like cubed potatoes in tinfoil and oil and put them on the campfire. And then in the morning, make like, like home fries. So at home, again, at home, we'll mix up in like a little Ziploc bag or Tupperware, like, you know, spices like salt and pepper, paprika, whatever you like on your home fries. And then, yeah, we make the potato, we roast the potatoes on the fire the first night. So they're nice and soft. And then in the morning, you just have to heat them up on the Coleman stove with the seasoning really quickly. Yeah, that's brilliant because you're usually still pretty tired in the morning. <laughs> All right, we're on to lunch, guys. Yeah. Steve, uh, I'm, I'm getting the feeling you might skip lunch. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. I, I was uh, generally in my life, I don't eat lunch. But you're doing all that biking. I, Are you I eat a very large breakfast usually. <laughs> uh, and that's going down lately. But uh, when I was working as a courier, I ate a very large breakfast. 
right. and, and a fairly large dinner, but no lunch. Although uh, something that wasn't mentioned, I was surprised. And uh, so far, uh, when you're getting close to the campground at the end of the day, or even in the middle of the day, you see farmers' uh, uh, roadside little stands where they're selling their stuff. And uh, if I ever see fresh corn and I ask mm. when it was picked and if it was oh, within the, in good. less than 24 hours, <laughs> raw corn is one of my favorite things to eat. Eating it raw? You can, oh, I didn't yeah. know you could. It <laughs> needs... Okay, I'll, I'll go through this description because I think it's important. Here. Oh, yeah. No, cor corn is like peas. Mm -hmm. If they're young enough, not too mature, and fresh, like picked within half a day, it tastes like a vegetable, where peas, two or three days later, turn bitter and, and taste like a pulse, and you need to cook them. Mm -hmm. The same thing with corn. If it's fresh enough and young enough, it's very sweet and tastes like a fresh vegetable. And uh, uh, so, and usually they don't like to sell less than a half dozen. So I'll eat one or two of them right there and save the rest <laughs> with my dinner. All right. So Steve's um, recipe for lunch while camping is a cob of rock corn. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, I really need to try that now. Yeah. It's, and what it's about the wonderful. texture? Is it like because it's young and it's uncooked? Though? It's is it juicy. Really crunchy? It's no. It's much juicier and and, oh. and like a soft vegetable. What? Like. A, so it hardens harder? a certain amount as it as it gets starchy. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, Barbie. So, so, <laughs> but it has to be very fresh, and that's uh, and young, and preferably young. So you don't want it over mature late in the summer. Got it. Okay, Barbie. What's your lunch? Yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, I'll just really quickly throw in. I thought what you were going to say, Steve, was all the chip trucks, all the French fries, because I feel like uh, we'll have a plan. No. We th we think we are bringing all our food, and then inevitably we end up yeah, stopping all uh, the way up and down extra no, lunch <laughs> where i noticed it missing was when you were talking about uh, things like berries and vegetables you'll often yeah. find strawberries and raspberries at these places yeah. and i was surprised you didn't you, know, you, you <laughs> didn't mention that you pick them up if you happen to see them just, yeah. just before the campground yeah along but, with uh, the bread for sure yeah. yeah. Okay. So Barbie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So lunch, because we usually are very busy when we're, we're camping. So we'll usually be out on a hike or something during the day. So lunch, I usually yeah. is again, stuff that is sort of already prepped. So um, I'll often just bring um, hummus and hummus and pitas or chopped mm -hmm. veggies. Again, in terms of those veggies, like hearty things that can be washed and prepped ahead of time, like carrots or peppers. Again, like at home, I like to dip cucumber into hummus, but I find that if you wash that ahead of time and chop it, it'll get mushy. And uh, again, I mean, you probably wouldn't do this if, you, if I was having the bread and peanut butter for breakfast, but if not, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And um, also we'll, we maybe like, we'll just do sort of like a combination of snacky things. So like, we'll bring up like some cliff bars and vegan jerky. Like I really like the, my favorite is the primal strips, um, things like that. And then again, pack like extra fruit to go along with those kinds of things at lunch. That's good if you're going on a big hike too. You don't want a big lunch. Often you're off hiking around lunchtime anyway, and maybe you don't even get back until five and then it's dinner time. Mm -hmm. anyway. So yeah, lunch for us is pretty simple too. I usually do a sandwich. And again, it depends. It all comes down to how much space we have in the fridge. If I feel mm -hmm. like I have enough space, I will make a chick chick un salad before we leave. Chickpeas. And um, the key is that you blend the chickpeas just enough so that they're not round anymore, but not so they're soft like hummus. And then you just, as you would with a chicken salad, so chopped celery, chopped 
green onion, uh, your favorite vegan mayonnaise, I use veganaise, garlic powder, and uh, paprika, salt and pepper, and that's it. And Ooh, I'm writing uh, this down. Yeah. <laughs> Even for at home, maybe for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a lot of non-vegetarians ask me for the recipe for that one. And the, uh, the good thing is that you can make it into a sandwich or you can have it on lettuce or you can have it uh, just a scoop on its own and it's delicious. Now, if I don't have room for a little Tupperware that in the fridge, then I'll revert to like a tofurkey or another uh, vegan slices because it's great if you're putting it in the cooler with the ice because it's like vacuum sealed, it's not gonna get once you open it up. Yeah. You know, that issue, but until it's open, you know, it's not gonna get damaged. But I always, you know, that stuff is processed and if possible, I'd rather have real food like the um, salad. Can you just say that one more time? So the chicken salad was mayo, celery, green onion, paprika. Did you say garlic powder or onion powder? Garlic powder, paprika. Sometimes I put just sort of like a mix of veg seasoning in there a little bit, salt and pepper. Yeah. And just make sure that you mash up the chickpeas just enough that they, they're not round anymore, that there's, I would say 50% mashed, 50% towards what you would do if you you were making hummus. Um, And then it's still got like a good bite to it. Nice. All right. We're quickly moving on to dinner. Steve, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, It's uh, foraging. Are you going foraging? No, I don't have time. Like, like time is also an issue. And by the time I'm, I'm cooking, I'm also trying to get my tent up before dark and things like that. But it depends what time I get pulled into the camera. And, and I'm a sociable kind of guy, and I'm trying to meet the neighbors, <laughs> so, uh, which is important because I usually travel alone. And, uh, and, I, and I've been alone on this road all day long. And it's mm. wonderful meditative experience to help you sort yourself out. Mm-hmm. You're doing a heavy ryth- rhythmical exercise, but the end of the, by the end of the day, you want people, <laughs> or I do, and uh, uh, so I, I'm checking out who who else is around, talking to them, and so on. And, uh, I run out of time; it gets dark. Okay, other things I bring along. I usually bring some rice noodles along, so the uh, mm-hmm. Oriental pasta usually, because uh, most of it cooks fairly quickly, five or six minutes. Uh, time is in the, of the essence to hear because I'm also famished at this point. <laughs> in case I've run out of, there have been occasions on the longer trips when I've run out of naphtha and been in a place where they didn't have Coleman fuel or naphtha or anything of the sort. So I've usually got a backup of either sterno pellets and, and one of those little stoves, which are very light, or, or an alcohol stove with alcohol, although... Uh, Limitation with alcohol is if it's a cool morning or if you're at a high altitude, uh, you have trouble getting the water hot enough. It, it, it just doesn't produce enough heat. But otherwise, when, when like on days like these, uh, alcohol is fine for burning. Interesting. But I bring rice noodles along as well as a kimon kasha. Uh, sun-dried tomatoes are an essential uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to chop, chop up and put into there. Uh, there's also a, a type of freeze di- dried tofu that I take along just because it fits in a lot of things. Hmm. Uh, you aware of this stuff? No. Uh, yeah. Called yaki tofu or something oh. like that. No. It's, no. it's a traditional <laughs> thing that was, uh, they originally discovered it outside of a Zen monastery when they 
put the tofu out for the night and it got cold during the night and it freeze and thawed and uh, and they found they found that if you squeeze the water out when you thaw it and do this a few times over, it forms a nice dried thing that'll stay in the cupboard without refrigeration. Uh, uh, so are you like I, cooking these things like again like on your Coleman stove like you bring an actual pot mm -hmm. you mean and you cook quinoa just like you would at home? I, yeah, for the quinoa or kasha I do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've got a two burner because cooking the grains and uh, cooking up anything else is going uh, to different cooking times. Mm -hmm. So I, I always make sure I have two one burners, uh, and and one of them will be will be good for adjustability, and the other one will have one. Uh, uh, you can't simmer on it, for example, in one in some cases, or in some cases you can only simmer on it because it won't produce quite enough heat for the other. But if you've got two and move your pots back and forth, you can keep everything going pretty well. The miso I carry for my breakfast, by the way, is hacho miso usually. Uh, I find it it works well without refrigeration for a few days hmm. or even up to two or three weeks, actually. Wow. Well, that's a good tip. Yeah. Uh, hacho miso, is a, it's an old traditional miso. It's not overly expensive and uh, it's a, it, it is unpasteurized, though, and, uh, which miso should be always. And then there's some uh, boil-in-the-bag Indian foods. Uh, Tasty oh, Bite yeah. is one of the brands. Right, yeah. Uh, Look at that. Makes it easy. That, that's the gourmet part. because it, <laughs> it, They're very flavorful. What is and the brand again? Tasty Bite is the one I like the, I'm most familiar with, but there are two or three other brands. Okay, good to know. Uh, you find them in health food stores. Uh, yeah. Uh, anywhere from... $250 to $5 for, for helping. And, and it's a big helping. Yeah. Uh, Punjabi eggplant is one of them that I like. Uh, Good. Okay. Barbie, what do you do? This is where I'm most excited for. Okay. Do you guys know what pie irons are? Do you have pie irons? No. What? Steve? No. Pie iron. So like P-I-E, like a pie. So they're called pie irons. You can buy them at like Canadian Tire or probably like also at like Mac, anywhere you'd buy camping supplies, like things like a Coleman stove. Um, so what they are, it's picture like uh, almost like a panini press on the end of a long stick. So okay. what they are is you put things in, in, in this thing called a pie iron and then you put it on the coals of your fire. So oh, yeah. my favorite thing to do is um, pizza pie iron. So we bring a loaf of bread, we bring a can of pizza sauce, a pack of day <laughs> cheese, and a pack of Eve's pepperoni. Oh. You have to make sure that you remember to bring like a vegan butter or basil because you have to, you have to uh, coat your bread or it will stick onto these things. But so basically you open it up and it's like a sandwich maker. So you put a slice of bread on each side, you spread your pizza sauce, your cheese and your pepperoni, you hold it shut. And yeah, you stick it in the campfire, like, sorry, not in the fire. Once you have coals, you stick it on the coals for like five to 10 minutes. And it's so good. It's oh, like yeah. the best. I mean, it's only as good, you know, maybe it's just cause like, I really like the pizza sauce. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that is, that is really good. And then I just want to make a note. The other thing we do then, as you can see, there's a lot, I feel like, I feel like we go through like two loaves of bread on like a two night camping trip with okay. all these suggestions. But for dessert, I'll get, we'll get a can of those like pre-made. I know a lot of people probably think they're gross. Those pie fillings, like a cherry pie filling or an apple pie filling. <laughs> Same thing. You put the bread and then you fill it with the pie filling and you 
close it shut and you put it on the fire and it just makes like apple pie in toasted bread and it's so oh. good. Oh, oh. Yeah. Whoa. It's kind of like picture the way that you would make like um, like a grilled cheese, essentially. Yeah. Sorry, did you say that you hold them over a fire or you put them on the Coleman stove? You put them on the coals of the fire. So once your fire has been going for a bit and you've got some coals at the bottom, you stick it in, like you don't want to put it in the, like you don't hold it over the flame, like as if you were roasting a hot dog or something. Yeah. You put it so that it actually sits on your coals. It, are the coals kind of burned down by that point or is the yeah. fire still raging? The fire can still be raging, but you just kind of like want to have like a little area where you've got your coals sort of like, you know what I mean? They're kind of like still yeah. there off to the side. The, yeah. the, the place that you would roast potatoes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's really nice because I feel like a lot of time we get denied. Yeah, you can get the dandies marshmallows, but I don't yeah. find they melt the same way for s'mores. And we get denied doing s'mores. Oh. So it's nice yeah. to, get to actually. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, this is so good. Whenever I come back from camping, I'm always like, why don't I actually make this at home, like in my panini press? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. Have right. you ever followed up and made it at home? No, but I should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so for me, my dinner, so, okay, first dinner, we're having Beyond Burgers. Second dinner, we're having Beyond Sausage. <laughs> yeah. That's just the way it's going to be, and what I love about that is if we're camping with friends, or if, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, Steve, we make friends with neighbors, and they get to smell it, and maybe even taste it, and they're all, you know, if they've never had it before, then, mm -hmm. you know, it's that great yeah. surprise of, wow, this is really good. Third yeah. night, we probably still have buns left over, because the number of of sausages or burgers that you have and the number of buns that you have never match up perfectly. Right? <laughs> so we do souvlaki. So oh. how I do souvlaki is fried in the pan, but I use the Farm Boy um, beefless tenders, which mm. have you guys ever had those? I haven't yet. Not that brand. Oh my God. They are the, there. You will look again at the package and say, what am I eating here? <laughs> vegan because uh, they're just so close. And the great thing about them is that they take on whatever sauce you put on them. So if you put it into an Asian stir fry, it's Asian. I, I throw them into an udon style soup. They work great there. If you fry them up with a little olive oil, lemon juice, garlic powder, oregano, all of a sudden you've got souvlaki. So we do that super easy, toast the buns on the pan. And then um, I make tzatziki. I bring up tofuti. Uh, the sour, I like the sour cream better than the cream mm -hmm. cheese tofuti. Even on a bagel as cream cheese, I find the mm -hmm. consistency is more like cream cheese. So you've got double yeah. duty there. You've got you <laughs> can have an easy breakfast in the morning with you know a bagel and cream cheese, and then for the souvlaki, I take some tofuti, mix it with lemon juice. Lemons are great as a seasoning because they don't yeah. have to go in the fridge. So mix it with some lemon juice again, garlic powder, um, maybe some some oregano. You've got tzatziki and then just chop up some, some onion and some tomato and you're good to go. We, at some point, we'll also do as a side roasted veg. So um, I get the big uh, tin pans and, and um, put in, like you say, anything that doesn't have to go into the fridge. So we avoid mm -hmm. things like asparagus that are a bit more delicate, but you got your potatoes, your onions, mushrooms, if it's cool enough to keep them, um, you know, some zucchini, some, uh, eggplant. Um, but then my secret ingredient is 
uh, a little tub of cherry tomatoes. We discovered this one time. We had cherry tomatoes left. And we're like, what are we going to do with these cherry tomatoes? Let's just throw them into the veg roast. And oh. it just kicked it up yeah. enough because it creates its own sauce. Yeah. Olive oil, mm. lemon. At the end, you can add more lemon or salt and pepper to taste. Um, and that we do at least once every time that we're out camping. While you were talking, I suddenly remembered something else that I usually carry along just in case there's an occasion to use it. And that's a bit of balsamic vinegar. Oh. <laughs> much, much like the way you use lemon. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be refrigerated. You can use it in a lot of different things and it'll just perk things up. That's the thing about camping I find is uh, the best tip is, is bring things that you can use in different ways. The other yep. thing that I was going to mention other than tofuti is I always bring up a couple of the little cans of Greek butter beans. Yeah, so the brand I use, um, uh, it has a pull top, so you don't even have to bring that. You <laughs> always have to think of these things. <laughs> yeah. But what I find about the butter beans, uh, rather than just like a baked bean, is A, they can be, they can work for any meal. You could have it with some crusty bread for breakfast. Uh, you could have it as a side for lunch. You can have it for dinner. If you're not familiar with them, they're the big white beans and they're uh, all pre-cooked with tomato and onion and spices. And they're really- Oh, I have not. Yeah. So they come, you said like just in a, where you'd buy the plain canned beans? So they're usually in the international section. Okay. Really, there's only one grocery store that I go to regularly that has them. So you have to go to a store that has a good international section and they'll be in the sort of the, the Greek Middle Eastern aisle. Okay. But if you can find them, stock up because they're really versatile. And aside from the fact that you can eat them for any meal, they are best when they're heated up, but that's super easy. You just throw them into the pan and stir them for two minutes and they're done. Um, and you're but you can eat them room temperature too. If you're really lazy and you don't want to bother turning on the stove or you run out of propane, like, you know, I, you know <laughs> every once in a while, Steve, um, you can eat, they're fine, you know, room temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have, have any other little tips or tricks? Oh, there's another problem to deal with uh, for me, and that is what do I do with my food overnight? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you don't have I, a cooler. Or I, anything. I don't have a, well, yeah. I don't have a truck of a car where I can put things yeah. in where the yeah. raccoons won't get it. Yeah. That, that's a challenge. Uh, sometimes I find another camper will let me use their car overnight, but you have to make sure they're not taking off really early in the morning or something, or you're going to be out of luck. Your food's gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, the leftover quinoa or kasha. I like to always make sure there's enough leftovers for breakfast. So, so I, make, I cook enough for that. For sure. And then I need a way to keep it. Some campgrounds will actually give you a container that you can put under the part of the picnic table you sit on. And, and it can't be opened by the raccoon because it's, it just fits in under snugly. In British Columbia, the campgrounds actually have poles with pulleys on them, and you haul your food up so that the bears can't get it. Mm -hmm. But uh, Ontario campgrounds never offer you something like this. And I, I think it's a lack that uh, needs to be corrected. Yeah, that's a good idea. Now, when you are in bear country, you also have to remember not to leave your toothpaste out where they can smell it. Mm -hmm. things there are things like that or, or just a candy bar in your windbreaker pocket or something and it'll uh, yeah. that intimidates me that's why i haven't we were, almost went up to kill bear this summer <laughs> and i that plus i hear that you have to change the clothes that you're cooking in and put your clothes that you yep. i in. do that i always yep. bring a mirror of what i call our tent clothes and it's like when we arrive the tent clothes go 
fresh into the tent. And yeah. so after yeah. dinner, like, like we don't, we don't change into our tent clothes until it's bedtime. So it's like change, go take the clothes back to the car that we were cooking and leave them in the car overnight. Again, you're brave, Steve. I don't know how you do it without a car, but. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I'm cooking anything quite as ar aromatic. They might not like uh, Kasha as much as uh, meat. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah. Eat it. raccoons will eat it, but, but, uh, but I don't think it'll attract bears the same way. And uh, yeah, fried foods are more likely to be more ar ar uh, aromatic and, uh, and more attract them, where, uh, where I think something that isn't fried is a little less likely to, and all your dried foods. Although things like nuts, again, will attract raccoons. Mm, yeah. So you still have to think of this, even in Bronte Park and Oakville. Even I, I mm -hmm. have to worry about this because <laughs> sure. I, I have had camp, campground operators with a straight face claim that they didn't, they'd never seen raccoons in their park. I just don't believe it. Okay, so we promised people that we would give some options for alternative campgrounds in the case that you can't get a place at a provincial campground this year because it is pretty tough. Um, I have had some luck. If you just keep mashing buttons and something will pop up, you just can't be that picky. You're not going to be right by the, the lake, um, but you can still get something. But a couple of places that I've had luck with are um, there are at least two campsites that are run by, owned and operated by the Chippewa. So the Chippewas of Nowash, we went up to Cape Croker earlier this uh, summer and we had a lovely time up there. The other one we went to a couple of years ago, which I really loved, it's called Black River Wilderness Park and it's up by Washago and Rama, Rama and um, this beautiful river, just babbling brook runs through the whole thing and almost every site uh, is right up against the river. It's just oh. gorgeous. And um, the only thing our site, we happen to have the one that was closest to the road. So you heard highway noises all the time. I would try to avoid that. The other good thing about this place is that it um, they have some teepees and they have some yurts. So if you're lucky enough to yeah. get one and you don't have all your gear, you can just pull in with your food and um, you're good to go. Do either of you have any recommendations for places that are other than provincial parks? I, I stay in provincial parks sometimes just because they happen to be on the route and there, but I tend to avoid them. Uh, mm. Partly because you're paying for amenities that on a bicycle camping trip you're not using. Mm -hmm. So they tend to be a little pricier for that reason. Such a, oh, like electricity, I mean. Yeah, they've got a lot of children's features and date for, uh, day activities for children and things like that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're nice to have for a family group, but. I don't, I don't particularly want to be paying for those things. So if I go to a private campground, I avoid that. But also, in a, if I arrive at a provincial park or even a conservation area, and it's full at the end of the day, most of the employees are uh, students who have hired for the summer, and they don't have the authority to bend the rules. Where if you deal with a private operator, they'll sometimes say, we're full, but there's a, there's a space to put one tent over in that over there, and I'll uh, I'll bring a picnic table over for you. Uh, Your suggestion is is to seek out private campgrounds. Private camp private campgrounds. There's more flexibility with stuff like that. So if if it happens to be coming into a long weekend or something, and they're extra busy, they'll find room for you quite often. Uh, where uh, uh, now I'm talking about a person on a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> they, they they a lot of them. Uh, 
think it's, you know, that they like the idea of what you're doing. Thank and you. so they try to accommodate yeah. you. Where we're in a provincial yeah. campground or a conservation area, they don't have the authority to do that. No, no. No matter how much they want to help you, you know. So, um, I have to say, I have done most of my camping just in provincial campgrounds. I have gone to a couple of like conservation areas. Like I think one year, like when I was my very first camping trip, because I was scared of it. <laughs> we went to like one of the Halton conservation areas nearby and I've been to Rockwood. Um, but those are probably, you know, similar challenges. Like again, in, I'm sure they're just as busy this summer as provincial yep. campgrounds. So yeah. uh, they're not as fully booked online. Mm -hmm. but uh but still they're too much too much for my needs yeah uh the other thing i wanted to mention was uh airbnb all of a sudden this year people mm -hmm. are figuring out that if they have a few extra acres on their property uh it's easy to throw that up on airbnb and let somebody come oh. and camp there and beyond that is something called hip camp which is kind of like an airbnb specifically for camping and glamping i have spent a lot of time on the website i haven't gone yet because the one thing that kind of has been holding me back was that they don't have the washrooms with the running water and especially mm, some, do. I, some might so most that i saw they would just put up a porta potty near the camp mm. and especially during covid i really wanted to have a washroom where i can wash my hands so i haven't mm -hmm. done that yet but i'm sure i will and they have a whole range they have glamping they i looked today there was like a geodesic dome for $200, <laughs> a big white blow up thing. And I'm like, well, that, if I could do it for one night, that might be worth it. So yeah, yeah it's definitely <laughs> you almost never run out. I, I was checking it out right before the, the Canada yeah. weekend and they still had spots. Mm. So you can always find something there. And this is and the next, the other one I was going to mention was not camping oriented, but I thought I would mention it because it popped up. I think I had an ad on Facebook or something. <laughs> Vegvisits.com. Have you guys heard oh, of it? I have heard of that. Yeah. Ooh. I haven't had a chance to really use it yet. Me neither. So there's not much in Ontario. This is, it seems okay. a pretty new uh, service. Again, it's like the Airbnb of vegan homestays. And just the catches that all the kitchens are, vegan, you know, that where you're going is going to be vegan. They don't necessarily provide you with the breakfast, a vegan breakfast or otherwise. But I think the idea more is that you know that the kitchen isn't yeah. had meat in it. Now, yeah, when I looked, there were only, I think there were less than a dozen places in all of Ontario. So this is just getting up and going, but maybe that's an episode for another day when <laughs> a few more spots on it. I, think I know. Yeah, on that note, I know we're, we're pretty much out of time. I just have one more thing to add. You just reminded me of, um, I just heard recently Wishing Well Sanctuary um, in Bradford, they just set up two um, like trailer campsite things on their property. So it's like they have, it's like, a, what's it called? I think it's like an Airstream. I think they're Airstreams. So they have two Airstreams on site on their sanctuary that you can um, rent. So, I mean, I think they just announced this. I think I saw it on like Blog.to or something like that. Um, so just oh, yeah. Google it or go to their website. I don't know how quickly word is getting out and if there's time to book one before the end of the summer, but yeah, Wishing Well Sanctuary in Bradford has. Well, having an Airstream is my ultimate dream. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, check that out. Uh, have you ever stayed in a teepee? No, not yet. Yeah, okay. You? Uh, yeah, and uh, I found mosquitoes somewhat of a problem because the, the, <laughs> the top is open. Oh, right. I didn't know that. You find, uh, 
Tiffy's top is open so that if you have a fire inside, there's a place for the smoke to go. Right. But it's also it's also a way for the mosquitoes to come in. Wow. <laughs> uh, so it's not bad idea to have some sort of uh, mosquito netting out a device inside to, to cover yourself with. But uh, uh, I haven't got that sophisticated with it because it the opportunity only comes up once in a while and I'm traveling from one campground to another. I'm not staying. Uh, I'll stay in the same one, two or three nights in a row sometimes, but uh, it has to be an interesting place because I'm not biking that day or, or else I'm doing a circle route and coming back. Right. That's great. It's uh, a good tip. I will. But uh, yeah, TV camping is interesting just to, to see what these things are like. They're huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's a great place. Um, the the place that I mentioned at Black River, they have quite a few, and all of their teepees are over on an island. So they have a few different islands. So you walk over a little bridge, a little footbridge. So if you're car camping, you can't do it. And what part of Ontario is this? It's uh, near Washago. It's just not too far from Aurelia. Oh, yeah. You can okay, yeah. on your bike. That's not far at all, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, and so those would be quieter, a little farther from the road as well. Um, so yeah, they're yeah. on these little islands and you're surrounded by water. I don't know if it's still there. A few years ago, I used to stay, sometimes stay in a TP camping in, uh, just outside of Tobermory. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know if it's still there, but that, that part of Ontario would have things like that and possibly on Manitoulin. Actually, yeah. there, there is a campground in Manitoulin where I've seen the TP. I've just never stayed in it. Yeah. Manitoulin Island is wonderful for camping, by the way. Uh, I'll just throw in the extra plug for it. Mosquito-free <laughs> camping everywhere. <laughs> really? Uh, uh, yes, there's no place like Manitoulin for that. It's beautiful. Perfect. All right. Well, I hope we've given people lots of tips and inspiration, and we all feel pretty landlocked still, but at least this is a way yep. to get out this summer, and hopefully next summer we'll even ha have a little bit more freedom. So... Until next time, you've been listening to Veg Out, brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association. You can listen to past episodes on iTunes at veg.ca slash vegout. Thanks to Matt Judge for our theme song. So until next time, Veg Out!